0: Hello and you are very welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host Sarah Travers and throughout the series I'm speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Today I am joined by Louise Brogan, CEO of Louise Brogan Limited. We know you as social babe before, but you're Louise Brogan <laughs> Limited. How are you? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. I'm very well.
0: Good, good, good. Well, before we begin, I'm going to give a little bit of background on Louise and her business. So Louise founded the award-winning Louise Brogan Limited in 2013, which now specialises in LinkedIn consultancy and training. Louise works with companies and individuals to develop and grow their business LinkedIn accounts. So this will be very useful for a lot of people tuning in today. Louise has also been invited to speak on stages in London, Dublin and Los Angeles and she's been working with consumer and corporate clients in the EU, US, Australia and Canada. Louise is also a writer, she's the host of the LinkedIn with Louise podcast and YouTube channel. And in 2019, Louise was invited to attend number 10 Downing Street to represent small business. And annually, she attends the House of Lords as one of the 12 UK local heroes for business. In 2021 and 2022, Louise was named a small business Britain champion. You have achieved so much with your business, Louise. And I've been watching online and learning from you online. um, It feels like forever now, but... How did it all began? When did you, I mean, obviously LinkedIn hasn't been around forever, but <laughs> it's been great for you. How did yes. it start?
1: So I actually worked as a project manager in the health service for 10 years. And when I had my kids, I wanted to work part time. And the, my ambition for my career, having children and the job that I had did not all gel together perfectly. So I decided to create my own career path and started. I actually started a craft shop initially as my first business. Right, it was uh, not <laughs> Louise Brogan Limited Crafts did not take <laughs> off. I didn't make very much money at it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, and a business development um, officer from the council came out to see me about that business. And so I was. I opened a shop, and I had three small children, and I had my job. As a project manager and this uh, business development officer came to see me and she said, Louise, um, she was so lovely, after about half an hour she said, you're not really making any money at this um, but actually you seem to know what you're doing with social media, have you ever thought about looking into doing that instead? Gosh, so it was her foresight? It was her, yes, it was all her fault. So (laughs) I was really lucky, my shop was in um, one of the Ulster Garden Villages properties And they they allowed me to let go of my lease because I could have been stuck in a lease and then that would have been a whole different ballgame. So they were very kind and let me out of my lease and I started helping small businesses with their Facebook pages. And out of that, I became a She Means Business um, consultant for Facebook and Instagram. So I used to host lots of little coffee mornings around Northern Ireland for women who wanted to use Facebook and Instagram for business. And around 2016, 2017, I discovered podcasting and I started to listen to an American podcaster um, called Natalie Ekdahl, her podcast called The Biz Chicks Podcast and started to work with her um, and she said, I think you should niche down into one social media platform and I picked LinkedIn because you got business much faster. And it was easier if you spent time on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn and measured how long it took to get business from the connections and whatever you were doing on those platforms. LinkedIn was so much faster. But also, it wasn't very popular back then. And I thought, well, lots of people are doing Facebook and Instagram,
0: so I'll do LinkedIn. Gosh. And had you trained in digital marketing no. My goodness, you literally learned on the job doing it yourself. Yes,
1: so I'm a fact finder. Mm, I are. love figuring out stuff, which actually has been perfect because, um, because of that, I really enjoy writing. I enjoy creating content. So by focusing in on just LinkedIn, I was able to really dive deep into LinkedIn and figure out how it worked, how businesses could really use it. And just focus on that and I think that's been a part of the success
0: that I've had. It's brilliant but it it was risky at the time maybe you know some social media platforms they come and they go and Mm. you know how long how long does LinkedIn have? It seems to be thriving, must be all down (laughs) to you.
1: So it had a real moment during the pandemic because its growth Pre-pandemic, it's about five hundred million people on LinkedIn. Now there's about nine hundred fifty million people. Wow! So a lot of the connections that people were having in business would have been face-to-face or in-person networking or conferences, and with the pandemic stopping all of that, people need still needed to go somewhere to connect with their B two B connections, and LinkedIn has filled that gap. But you're right, Sarah, because we are. I'm always looking around. I'm still fact finding. In life and in business and actually what we do for clients we not only manage their LinkedIn but we also write articles for them which they can then use on their websites as blogs so it's not you know LinkedIn is my expertise and my focus but I'm also savvy enough to think well let's keep this business going as long as we can let's look at what other avenues we should be exploring that fits the same clients that want to be using LinkedIn.
0: And you now have clients based all over the world.
1: Well, I always did. So this is the funny thing, um, and I think it came from the podcasting. So I started my own podcast about five years ago, which gives
0: you a global reach, really. Um, and were they always a vodcast or a podcast?
1: Podcast. Yeah. So yeah. you've always had
0: the podcast,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And people, because you were so niche, they knew what they were going to get. Yes. And they tuned in from all over.
1: And. I would have been a guest. I've been a guest on 10s or 20s or 30s. Of, uh, at how, least. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll, I, I've lost count, um, which puts you out in front of a global audience as well. So I would say 90% of our business is outside of Northern Ireland.
0: Gosh, and it's it's being able to communicate so well and you've got that down to a T. So I suppose for our listeners now, we want to know how to do LinkedIn better. LinkedIn itself as a platform has grown so much and there's so much more it can do for you and that you can do for it. But mm. is it a hungry based? How often do you feed it? What what's the best way, or do you get a company to come in like yourself and do it for
1: you? <laughs> so this is another reason why I really like the idea of focusing on LinkedIn because you don't have to post on it as much. I remember speaking at a conference pre-pandemic um and there's a Another speaker there who was on Instagram and even in between the talks she was creating Instagram stories and I thought oh my lord that's exhausting I don't mm-hmm. want to have to do that so actually we think that LinkedIn posts two or three times a week is absolutely plenty if you're really focusing in on LinkedIn and um, so that's a lovely thing but yes you're right there's there's audio there's LinkedIn audio there is LinkedIn live and um, which can be video there are LinkedIn events. There are. There's so many things to LinkedIn that a lot of people don't even really know that they're there. They're I just,
0: actually didn't even know those last yes. things. So you could you could do a live event now on LinkedIn if you yes, want, if you wanted. On, we could yes, we could be recording. We could be broadcasting this live. Yes, we could be exciting. That would be uh, that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we should have thought of that. Um, yeah, uh, uh, and it's. Are there stories or anything like that, like with Instagram? Was that a new thing? So the funny thing with LinkedIn is that they, they bring out things
1: and then if they don't get a big enough take-up. Oh, so they, they will try something with 10% of the network. And if they don't think that's going to fly, really fly, they will just get rid of it. So they did have LinkedIn stories, yeah, but they got rid of them. Um, you could only view them on mobile, so you couldn't view them on desktop. And I don't know. I, I think a lot of people really like them. Um, That were using them, but they got rid of those. Um, One of the big things that they have now, which are really successful if people are really want to build their presence on LinkedIn, are newsletters, um, which would have been the old-fashioned publish an article on LinkedIn, which you can still do, but if you publish it as a newsletter, everybody who follows you is invited to subscribe to that newsletter. Uh, Every single person, whether it's your personal newsletter or your company page newsletter. And what happens is it goes out into their actual email inbox. Gosh. So people will click on it and read it because it's being emailed to them, not just they, you're not relying on them going to LinkedIn and finding it. So that's that's really powerful. interesting.
0: That's so I didn't know that either. I'm learning so much. Top tips today with Louise Brogan. Um, yeah. So you talked about having a company profile or your own. Should you have both?
1: So I have always said to people, I believe, if you, so if you're on LinkedIn for business, if you're on LinkedIn because you are in your career and you are a professional and you want to stay within working for somebody else, then absolutely, you don't need to listen to the company page piece. Um, but if you have a business, even if you are a solo entrepreneur, I do think you should have a company page as well as your personal profile. So when you or I go to LinkedIn, Sarah, we are logged in as ourselves, mm-hmm. as our personal profiles. Little tip here, some companies create personal profiles as their company. That's a big no-no. So they'll create a profile and put their company logo and company name as the person. As the person. So that's a really bad idea. Um, so you have then the company page. So, so it's a
0: page rather than a profile. Yes,
1: so a profile can connect with people and have conversations and comment and follow people. A company page is more about here is our company, here's what we do. Proof of
0: performance.
1: Yeah, kind of be. where your traditional kind of marketing would be appear more so on the company page. So my favorite analogy about this is to imagine LinkedIn is like being at an in-person conference. So you or I go to the conference. So imagine you're speaking on the stage and you have a booth over at the side representing your company. So when you arrive at the conference, the people who arrive and they get the little name badges and they're talking to each other, that's the personal profiles. As the person speaking on stage, you could be the person delivering the LinkedIn Live or the LinkedIn Audio and then the company page is your sponsor booth. So oh. you talk to people, they want to know more about what you do, and you point them towards your sponsor booth where they can find, oh, here's all, information, our, yeah, yeah, all our products that. and services.
0: Fascinating. Are you learning every day? Do you still learn every day or do you feel like you've grasped it all?
1: Oh, no, I love learning. Yeah. <laughs> Fact finding, as you say. Yes. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, they're mainly business ones i I just love i love learning about stuff i love trying things out and i love writing about things so new uh new features that come out on linkedin it's like a race to be the first person to write the article about it or to create the youtube video about it um
0: which makes me sound like a really sad loser um (laughs) does it Just, you're just ahead of the curve and it, we want you to try all the things and then tell us whether they're yes. worth doing or not. Well, presumably if it's about LinkedIn, do you ever say, oh, this is rubbish, I don't like this?
1: Um, well, so I, I, have, I have not done LinkedIn audios and I'm not really that interested in them and I don't do paid advertising on LinkedIn so I, but I don't say so I'm a very positive person mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say oh that's rubbish don't use it I would say oh if you're interested in LinkedIn ads go and talk, talk to these guys over here because that's mm-hmm. what they specialize in.
0: Um, so top tips today for, for listeners with their LinkedIn if they feel like they really need to give it a a boost, especially if we're talking, you know, maybe smaller businesses. Yes. that don't have a lot of people, but they, they want to have that presence. They want mm. to get networking. They want to meet potential customers.
1: Yes. So th- look at LinkedIn as a platform for building relationships. What do you want to do? Top tips are make sure your profile is completely optimized. And that means fill it all out because actually people get found on LinkedIn based on what's in their LinkedIn profile. Um, nice, clean, clear headshot. At the top, so we recognize you. If we meet you in person, you look like the person in the photograph. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> debatable sometimes, isn't it? Oh, really?
1: <laughs> um, so create your get your profile optimized. I have loads of free videos on YouTube that people can go and watch on
0: how to do literally this.
1: step through how to do that. And then start connecting with people who you are interested in or who would be interested in what you want to talk about on LinkedIn. So you're not on LinkedIn to sell. You're on LinkedIn network and build a community and a network of value so don't just connect with anybody and everybody and when you do connect with someone send them a message and say why you are connecting with them right so they could say I heard you on the podcast today Louise and I thought I'd connect with you so mm-hmm. if you do hear me on the podcast and we're not connected please send me a message and say this is where you find me and I'll be more than happy to connect with you.
0: And is it true that people can see when you've looked them up and everything (laughs) stalking?
1: (laughs) So if someone has a premium profile on LinkedIn which is called LinkedIn for business and it costs about 45 pounds a month I think if they have that they can see who's been looking at their profile however if you view profiles anonymously nobody can see that you're looking at their profile, mm. whether they have premium or not. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, my second most popular video on YouTube, is which it? just really tells us about the about state of affairs.
0: It, totally, all <laughs> the stalking that's going on out there. And you think, oh no. So, as always, if you have stalked, it's probably good to say, hi, would you like to connect? Oh no, well,
1: I actually love to see who's been looking at my profile, oh. go through the list and see, oh, that person looks like they could be really interesting. And then I will connect with them. And it's really funny. because so You were
0: stalking me. I say, oh, I, so,
1: I saw you looked at my profile and they never reply and go, pardon? <laughs> it
0: gets a bit embarrassing, yeah. Anyway, I need to stop saying stalking because that's not what it's about. Is it? It's about networking and connecting. And, yes. And amazing things can happen.
1: Yes. Well, the other thing is the app, So once you get your profile optimised and you start to build connections of people that you want to hear from and have r- conversations with, Post something on LinkedIn, because I think it's something like 3% of people on LinkedIn post content. Everybody else is lurking, which mm-hmm. is a better word than stalking, I think. Lurking. People are on LinkedIn and they're scrolling through the news feed and they're clicking like on things and that's all they're doing. So if you are a small business and you work, maybe you work in health and nutrition, maybe you are um, a fitness coach, you know, whatever it is that you do, maybe you are a menopausal coach. Unless you post something, nobody's actually going to remember you or you know, seek you out necessarily. So the reason that people connect with you, so for, for me, people connect with me because they want to know how to use LinkedIn. So I post content on how to use LinkedIn. So people see those, that content and I post it in a way that starts conversations because remember it's about relationship building. So I'm not there to broadcast at people, I'm there to have conversations. So I might say, after today I might say, oh I was on a, a lovely podcast today, we talked about XYZ, have you ever been a podcast guest?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So people give someone a, a reason to reply to okay. you, otherwise they just click like and move on.
0: And you don't want that. And how often should you post
1: I would suggest two to three times a week.
0: Ah, right. But if and you, it's usually with LinkedIn. You've got to have something. You've got to put some thought into it. You see, that's where <laughs> <laughs> that's another job to a lot of people. But you know, you can't you can't have it all.
1: So I get asked about AI quite a lot because we write for clients, and people say, "Well, you know, would you not use just ChatGPT, Louise, to write the content?" So we use human writers. However. You could use ai as a tool so if you are let's go back to the health nutrition coach you go to chat and say can you give me 10 ideas of what to post about on linkedin oh wow now you're not please do not take those no. posts and copy them and paste them into linkedin because they do look generic And they do look like they're written by
0: AI. Somebody else will have written the same, probably.
1: But what you could do is take those 10 ideas and just tweak them a bit to fit you and give examples of what you're doing around those 10. And there's your 10 posts scheduled for the next six weeks.
0: But you use human writers. You can't see yourself embracing AI?
1: As a tool for prompts, uh, but no, I have three writers on my team and they are definitely human content writers and very proud of that as well. And they're, they're excellent, of course.
0: Of course they are. <laughs> and you only work with the best. Uh, we, th- I asked you a question earlier and didn't really come back to it, but I said, oh, you've got clients all over the world. And you yes. said, I always have had. So who are you working with? Where are you working? So we, mainly Americans,
1: actually, Um they are b2b companies they're usually around they're they're big enough to be able to want to outsource their linkedin content so usually a team of more than five or ten people um, so that they have the budget to pay for it to be honest Um, But not big enough, not like a company with 250 plus employees, because they will generally tend to have an in-house marketing team. team. So B2B companies who want to be, should be on LinkedIn um, and want to be able to just say to somebody else, okay, can you just do this for us, please?
0: Why Americans? Why did you go with these particular clients? Because I know you're inundated with people wanting you to do their social media for them. Why Why do you choose the clients you choose? Apart from having the budget.
1: Well, they come to me. Yeah. Um, a lot of my clients are through referral, Yeah, which I suppose is the beauty of the whole relationship building. Um, I would say that they come to me and say, su- such and such a person said, we were having a conversation about LinkedIn and they said, oh, you should talk to Louise Brogan. Um, so my my latest client is um, a company based in Seattle in Washington. We are just onboarding them at the minute. They have, they have actually about 30, a team of 30 staff. And the CEO and I, we actually met in person um, back when I did the talk at the conference in LA. And this is the longevity of relationships too. So we met in, that was 2019. um, And she came to me uh, about three months ago and said, okay, Louise, you know, I've always wanted to work with you. We're ready to do it now. So how do we set it up?
0: That's amazing. Okay, let's talk about LA. How did that happen? What were you speaking (laughs) at?
1: It was a con- so this is so funny. Um, it was a conference for high performing women. That's why it was described. Mm. And I remember being in. You know how if you fly out of Dublin, you go through the American customs mm-hmm. and immigration. And I was, I was so nervous about flying to America to speak at a conference. And the the guy at um, immigration says, "And what are you? What are you going to America for?" And I said, <laughs> "I'm going to speak at a conference for high performing women." <laughs>
0: Because I'm a high-performing woman, he
1: he literally stopped what he was doing and just looked up at me.
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't have that. Computer says no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny, Um, but yeah, so that was amazing. So I flew to LA. It was in a place called Irvine, and I was asked to speak there by um, a podcast person. Um, And she, do they
0: fly you out and everything? Do they cover all the costs?
1: No, no, no. That I'm still waiting that one. Right. well, actually, I am I am being paid uh, everything to go and speak at a conference in England next year. But um, I couldn't say no.
0: No, of course you could. You it knows. was an incredible opportunity. It was
1: amazing. And also, I kind of weigh these things up. I thought, if I get at least one client from this trip, that pays for the whole trip. And, and, that, and that happened. Well, I, actually, that's a couple of clients I've got from that. Yeah, so um, so worthwhile. But when I got to the hotel, I was so nervous. I got to my hotel room and I thought, oh, nobody actually knows I've arrived. I might just stay here.
0: (laughs) I don't have to do anything. Pretend it all went really well. (laughs) I just order a room
1: service.
0: Have a great time and
1: fly back. Because I was so nervous about the whole thing. And then I just thought, right, come on, Louise, deep breaths, let's go. Went downstairs and met everybody and it sure was amazing.
0: And what is that about going to America when you've spoken on stages, you know, back here and in the UK, but what was it about taking it over there that? Did you have the imposter syndrome or what? I
1: think, well, w- yes, obviously, if I didn't want to come out of my hotel room, yes, yes the nerves were crazy. Um, but I think a lot of steps I've taken in my business, I've just thought I've pushed myself way outside my comfort zone. Um, one of the things I said yes to during the pandemic was speaking at Vid Summit, which is if anybody has a YouTuber fan in their house... Mr. Beast was the headline speaker and I was talking about uh, how to use video on LinkedIn and I recorded this from my home and I thought this is really out of my comfort zone because everybody who goes to this event is really, really an expert on video and I'm an expert on LinkedIn but I'm not an expert on video but I was talking about where you put video on LinkedIn and that was actually probably scarier than flying to america to speak at this
0: conference of lots of other women entrepreneurs who are like me your videos are great though they're they're done at home but they're very you've got them very professionally you know they look good huh.
1: <laughs> Thank was, that, you. Was, that,
0: was that a challenge <laughs> at the start
1: yes oh absolutely yes um i get a lot of feedback from my youtube audience that they like the fact that it's not super polished um, maybe if they were super polished, I would be getting thousands more views. But actually, I hit a milestone um, two weeks ago: eight hundred and fifty thousand views on YouTube.
0: Oh, which gosh! Congratulations! Crazy. That is just inc- and what did your family think about everything that you do? I
1: think the biggest moment I've had in my business so far was last November when I got invited to Buckingham Palace. And tell us about that. It was amazing. I got an email from. The, King, the king's office. <laughs> just, even king's talking about office. it is mad. And I thought it was, I I just didn't really believe it. So I went to LinkedIn and looked up the guy who the email was from. And he was connected to a person that I know who's actually very senior at BT. And I, I messaged her and I said, do you know this guy, Andrew? And she said, oh, yes, yes. She said, because he's, he, real. he's real. She said, that's wonderful, Louise. So I replied to him and I said, I would be. Obviously, I would be honoured. delighted and honoured. So, I got my special invitation, like cream embossed invitation and everything, went and bought a new dress um, and flew over to London. The weather was horrendous, uh, it was bucketing with rain. I, I, I stayed in a hotel near one of the big train stations. I had to run to the train station to buy a new handbag because I felt my handbag wasn't appropriate. For the palace? It was just crazy. Got to the palace, and there was 400 people invited. And we got inside and I went upstairs to where you get your name badge and they couldn't find my name badge. Now, talk about imposter syndrome. I was like, oh, I knew it. I was not. This was this was I was not meant to be here. Um, But then somebody said, hold on a minute. Uh, I had a pink ticket and everybody else had blue tickets. And this lady said, just hold on there a moment, uh, Madam. And she brought somebody over and she says, oh, yes, you have to come with me. Oh,
0: and I you says, were special.
1: I was like, OK, where am I going? And she took us through the big stateroom to another little room at the end. I say little room. Sarah, it was probably <laughs> the size of our house. <laughs> yes. Um. And in there, there's a table and it had 10 name badges on it. And I just said to the lady, um... Could you please tell me what's happening? <laughs> I have Stop. no idea what's going on. And she said, "Oh, you've been selected to meet the king <gasps> ahead of everybody else." Ugh. And I, oh, like, you can't imagine the feeling. That's amazing. It, it was That's amazing. amazing. And
0: what was he like?
1: He was he was lovely. We went into this room. The other people in the lineup were Mary Portis, oh. and Anne Bowden, who founded the Starling Bank, oh. Peter Jones from Dragons Den. Stop. All these people who are household names and then me. It's just, it was. That's incredible. It was incredible. Did you ask
0: afterwards, why did you choose me?
1: I, I don't know why. I did ask. I've asked and I, I don't know. That's I amazing. don't know how I got picked. I think it's because I do uh, small business Britain. I'm a small business champion for the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where it came from, but I don't know exactly. Um, but the king was just so lovely and warm and friendly. Is he on LinkedIn? He is not on LinkedIn, but I also met Prince Edward, and he is.
0: Right. So did I, you give him a few tips?
1: <laughs> he did ask. He did ask about LinkedIn. But then after, so there's four of those. There was Charles and Edward, and then there was two, the two cousins who, other people who are really, who royalists will know who they are. They're like the Duke, of, two Dukes of somewhere. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Um. And they were a lot older, and they had no idea what earth LinkedIn was. It was
0: hilarious. And
1: did you have to speak in front
0: of them? Oh,
1: all of them came along the line and spoke to all of us individually. It was just lovely,
0: incredible.
1: It was lovely. And then as as they moved down the line and we were done, this it was so professional. The 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 king's staff kind of peeled us off, and um, back to through the red velvet rope into the main room. At which point we all just stood there and went. I was mad. Um, <laughs> you and Mary Portis pinching each other. <laughs> Fabulous.
0: She's amazing. So,
1: uh, but anyway, so you yes, asked about my family. So I, it was a two-hour reception. There was like champagne canopies. The whole thing was amazing. Came outside. You had to hand your phone in when you arrived, so I didn't have my phone. Came outside. First thing I did in the rain, phoned all my family and they were all... You Guess know, what happened? They were all so excited. But my big
0: sister said, well, I'm not surprised at all. So. Is that right? Yes. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> Isn't that lovely? It's a pity that you couldn't bring someone to share in that wonderful I experience. Know. It was amazing. It was All so of these amazing. opportunities. And that's what you do. You you take opportunities, don't you? You just yes. go for it. Yes. Go for it. Yeah. And would you recommend that to other
1: people? Yes. So when people ask how my business grew outside of Northern Ireland, I can literally pinpoint um, back when it was, when I was before I even became a Facebook, she means business um, representative I'd connected with somebody online and she said Louise you should go you should apply to be in Enterprise Nations um, small business advisors group and I said right what is that so she sent me the link and they said come to London to this um, reception you'll find out all about it other people would have said why would you do that you know that's crazy you pay you're paying your own flights you're paying your own accommodation but I saw that as an opportunity and I think since then if there's an event that i'm being invited to and it's going to cost me like the like the conference in america mm-hmm. i will do it because i know it really it changes the game so going outside
0: You're, and and you, for female on, entrepreneurs too i think they struggle with that the spending money on themselves does that look like mm. you know is is this going to pay off i don't know whether that's men too i maybe should, <laughs> maybe made a flippant comment then uh, but i know as well running my own business too that you think gosh Do I need, do I need to do this? Mm. But I love that you, you do it and you see the opportunities and it's definitely, it pushes you, it takes, takes you to a new audience as well. Exactly. You could be anybody.
1: I started investing in coaching um, way before
0: most people do.
1: Um, So I worked with a couple of different coaches before I worked with the American coach and it, it's just the best thing you can do to invest in yourself and even when you're you know, and, and I don't mean if you're if you just started out and you've got literally no money, don't pour all your money into a coach. You know, do your research, find out who is gonna be a good fit for you and work with those those people. But once I started to pay for coaching, the game changed again for me. So I've always believed in investing in my business and in learning. And I actually worked with that American coach. I worked with her um, for five years. I literally just finished
0: working with her at the end of June, which was like very emotional, I think, for both of us. Um, now, with a coaching assignment, do hmm. you usually have to have very specific goals. Was this just an ongoing investment in you, developing you?
1: Yes, I know. I was actually with that coach. Um, it was a programme so it was actually called very american six figures lab it was called or it is called and it's about getting women to it's all it's purely for women and it's getting women to a stage where they are paying themselves six figures in business that's her goal her lifetime ambition is to get women to pay themselves a six-figure salary from their own business
0: and did you feel you had to go to america for that level is there something like that at home
1: of course there is i have worked with I have worked with um, two coaches, two coaching groups in England. Um, why did I choose the American coaching? Well, I just resonated with this podcaster. Mm-hmm. And she I would listen to her episodes every single week, and I just felt like she was talking to me. And I think that is advice I would give to people. If you find somebody, a business mentor, if you, either you love reading what they're saying on LinkedIn or you're listening to their podcast every week and then they say, you know, and you think this person is just talking about my issues, my concerns, and then they say, oh, we're, we're going to work with people, then that's when you've got to think, well, okay, let's have a proper think about this. Would I want to go the next
0: step with this person? And did it help you as well with your American clients? Oh, 100%. Yes, Absolutely. And what about the hours of work then, given that you've so many American clients? Do yes. you do work silly hours then? No. No? So I'm very lucky. Um,
1: I'm at I'm at a place now in the business where I will say, so I know the American time zone's off by heart now. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but West Coast Americans are quite happy to get up early in the morning. In fact, they seem to enjoy getting up at 5 or 6 a.m. Okay. So West Coast clients will do happily do a 9 a.m. call with me which is 6 p.m. our time. So I don't really work in the evenings anymore. And, and because we now have a retainer business where my team actually do most of the work, I'm the one doing the strategy and going out and winning the business and my team are delivering the work. Um, when you have that kind of business, you're not on calls all the time. So with our, we've got 10 companies we work with, so that would be 10 calls a month for me but a lot of east coast clients two o'clock in the afternoon works one of my team members is in nashville she will get on a call with me at 7 a.m her time at 2 p.m my time she sounds perfect time yeah (laughs) goodness right okay
0: it's just sounds so easy so who who do you employ who do you look for
1: oh goodness so it sounds really cheesy nice people yeah that helps (laughs) that you can actually work with yes so we have two account managers uh so i'm actually going to be hiring more people but at the minute a lot of my team are contractors so i have writers and account managers um and a graphic uh person who does all our graphics um and then i have my project manager who's in nashville and I have a podcast editor I've worked with for years. He's actually in Dundonald. and um, he's very lovely so but actually what a big change we've had in the last year is focusing on building a local team because I've realized uh, the power of actually meeting people in person in your own team is very lovely. Yes, it is very lovely. um so people who are they're you yeah, know they're they're positive like me they've got they're really good at what they do. You know, I don't want somebody who's a jack-of-all-trades. I want somebody, if I'm going to hire a writer, I want them to be somebody who actually is focused on copywriting as a skill. Um,
0: and if anyone was interested in working with you and was listening to this.
1: Working for me or yeah. Oh, yes. So reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me what you can do. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And you are looking to grow. Uh, yes. You've won so many awards as well, uh, Louise. You, do you enter these war- awards? not really
1: so i we first met i think when i got the local women marketer of the year award it's a long time a ago it's a long now. time ago that's right um, i did enter that one obviously um, the small business written stuff so the small business champion they have nominated me as that so yeah. that's not an award as such but i did apply for the small biz 100 and that's how i started in with those guys um I, I do oh well, i just got turned i just uh, got rejected from um a local awards um shortlist they, they messaged me and say sorry Louise, you have not been successful um in your application oh. and so i do apply i don't
0: know what they're missing find quite states
1: yeah i find it quite challenging actually so locally you find it
0: challenging or you you i mean you've no clients at home is that something that you're going to st- start doing so very interestingly we joined
1: the northern chamber of commerce this year and that's been so good highly like highly recommend them and i spoke at their event um two weeks ago so locally clients are interested in hiring me for training and workshops which i love doing because i love delivering training so i do have local business in that way but the retainer clients seem to be from outside
0: but um, you can have other people to do that you can oversee all of that and you can take these opportunities the yes speaking the training yes people hang off your every word telling people <laughs> how to do them giving the tips that's that's where your well I real love strength that is. yes
1: I love I love uh I love being but well, I do some one-to-one work with people. so people there's something called the LinkedIn VIP session that I do. it's like two 90 minute sessions and I love those because at the end, the transformation in how someone actually uses LinkedIn is it's it's instant. Um, so I have a client in Cork who who did that with me and I, she messaged me and said, Louise, you'll never guess what's happened. So she does PowerPoint and um, presentations and training on PowerPoint. And I said to her, that was my idea. She was doing general presentation. I said, focus on PowerPoint and see what happens. So all of her content on LinkedIn is how to use PowerPoint. Wow. And she messaged me and said, Louise, I've just been asked to go and speak at a conference in London um, for lots of um, executive assistants on how to use PowerPoint. And she says, and that's because I've been doing what you told me to do. And, that-
0: and being niche. And then when they yes. search for Trainer or speaker on PowerPoint, up yes. she pops,
1: and not even that. People will say, "Oh, we we are struggling with our PowerPoint stuff," and I say, "Oh, you need to speak to Fiona. That's what she talks about in LinkedIn
0: because they get it. Yeah, it's easy. Yes, right. Okay. So definitely, listen up, everybody. These are top tips. Um, what's next for Louise Brogan Limited? Oh Lord, <laughs> oh, there's a big question. <laughs> so um, world domination, but world same
1: time. domination. So we are actually um, this week. I'm starting doing some video recording with a client with a goal to, so how we work with clients is we create monthly themes for their content. So if we have theme A, theme B and theme C for the next three months, what I want to do with these clients is record video where I'm interviewing them. They're answering on camera and then I'm going to edit out the bit with me in it um, and create video content for those clients. So we're looking at going down the road of adding in um, video audio and blogging what well, we do about blogging for clients already um but I suppose what I've done with my business I've got the blog the podcast and the YouTube channel and the LinkedIn presence and I would love to expand into doing that for other people for too. your clients
0: yeah there you go and when did you have that eureka moment
1: oh I've been thinking about that for a while it's like the book that I that is unwritten Sarah uh, well, you've <laughs> no time
0: you've no time um Okay, well, you you are inspirational and you're so positive. I think that's what I love about you. You're a very upbeat, positive person who loves a bit of risk and just throwing yourself in there yes. and you never seem to have the nerves. I know you've said they were in the hotel room in LA, and, but they don't come across. You're very natural, you're very you. real,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: people can connect with that. You know, at all levels.
1: Yes. I think some. one of my clients... I do have two clients in Dublin, and one of my clients in Dublin just said, Louise, I've just been looking forward to this call all week because you're such a breath of positivity
0: in my life. Oh, isn't that nice? And I thought that was so lovely. Yeah, Yeah, and you do get lovely testimonials back. Yes. And when you see the difference that it makes then to business and the bottom line... Yes. And those six-figure sums that you'll be...
1: Well, it's it's so funny that people... I don't know if you find this in your business, but people will get success and they'll win a big contract. But they they rarely will let you know that, you know, oh, that thing you told me to do, Louise, that resulted in this. So when people actually do do that, it's just so fabulous.
0: Yeah, or you hear further down the line and they yeah. come back and they say in a few years' time, yes. oh, I forgot to say to you. Yes. And you think, gosh, so it makes such a difference.
1: One of our favourite clients is um, a woman who runs a signage business in North Carolina, and she... Um, She's very good at coming back to me when she gets success. And she says, oh, yes. She's, every time I go to our Chamber of Commerce, they say, oh, we see you on LinkedIn. And she, and, and she has said it has literally given her specific dollar amounts of business, wow. which is really nice to hear because most of them don't tell me that.
0: But that's good for <laughs> your marketing and your yes. testimonials when people say, right, what difference will you make if I yes. take you on? It's, it's important to know that. Mm-hmm. And you really do turn businesses around and it looks like you're turning your own business around again. Soon, so watch this space. Watch Am this I, uh, space. Very excited for you. Um, the last question I ask to everyone, Louise. Uh, it's about the purpose of this po- podcast, which is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their businesses by offering an insight into the success of businesses such as Louise Brogan Limited. But what advice would you give to people who may have a business idea? but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether that risk is worth taking.
1: Oh, So I actually worked on for two years before I left my job to start my business because I, for all those, you know, different risks that I've taken, traveling to different places and not knowing what to expect when I got to an event in business, um, I am risk averse when it comes to money. So I built up enough um, money on through work I was doing in the business so that when I left, I knew I had a year's salary. So I don't think you should just, people say, oh, jump off the cliff and build your parachute on the way down. Maybe when you're in your early 20s, but I started this business when I was um, just about to turn 40. So that would not have been a good idea. Um, I would say get yourself to local networking events where other people are also thinking of starting a business or who have just started a business. perfect example of that is the networks that I host every month in Belfast. We have people there. A lot of those people are brand new in business. And so they're walking. It's, it's networking while you walk. Perfect. So they're chatting to each other about their business ideas and people are saying, well, you we should try this and try that. So get yourself into a network of other people who are Maybe if you if you're thinking of leaving your job to start a business, try and talk to people who are maybe a few steps ahead of you and see scope it out. Yeah, what they would recommend. Um, And definitely business networks are the way
0: forward, I think. Have there been any real challenges along the way? Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, though, Louise, isn't that right? You're still laughing.
1: Yes. So like everybody in the pandemic, uh, business dried up overnight. And I thought, I don't, I thought, what am I going to do Nobody wants, nobody wants help with LinkedIn because they're all at home. And the industry that saved me was actually law. And um, I think two or three barristers reached out to me and said, because they had, I'd, I'd done some talks at the bar of NI, um, reached out to me and says, Louise, always wanted to learn how to use LinkedIn, never had the time, sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Um, teach me. Can you teach me? And that gave me enough confidence to go, right, come on, pull your socks up, Louise. Also, I joined a little peer-to-peer mentoring group um, online. I call them my English mastermind, even though the one of them is from New Zealand. Um, and we just kept each other going with ideas. And that's how I got the talk in Vid Summit as well, through those guys. Um, but that was really hard. And, you know, it's you know, juggling, three kids.
0: Mm, how do you manage?
1: Um I'm a lot, it's a lot better now. I think I have a team. That was a big step to deciding to bring in other people to work with me uh, rather than just doing it all myself and letting go of the control. Because I think a lot of people who start their own business have a lot of control issues. Yep. You couldn't possibly do this as well as I do, type thing.
0: Um, they want me. They want me. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, you know, as we develop out the training side of the business, I'm going to have to bring somebody else in to deliver training. And that is a current challenge for me because I'm like, well, how could they possibly do my workshop as well as I do? And um, so that'll be that'll be the next thing to watch out. Once you know that I've got somebody else that I'm is doing my training for, we sorry I'm like, oh, she made the jump.
0: She made the jump. And you'll <laughs> have to come back and tell us about that again when that happens. Yes. Thank you so much, Louise, for joining us in the Public Eye uh, podcast studio. So much information of a notepad uh, full of scribbles here. And um, yeah, good luck.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me. Great. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in as always. Join me on the next episode where I'll be joined by Brian Donaldson, CEO of Maxol. I'm sure you're all very familiar with Maxol. So to find out how it all started, tune in then. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio.